Counsel Podcast is a show dedicated to individuals and mental health professionals, providing support, information, and some candid conversations along the way. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle, PK, and Seth. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mental. I am PK Langley, and I am here with our hosts, Seth Showalter and Michelle Collins. Say hello. 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 (laughs) We are very happy to have you here with us today. We are going to be talking today about Ready, Set, Change. Change. Because we are all eager to change. All of us just can't (laughs) wait to... Get up and change the TV. Remember when we had to do that, Michelle? We had yes. to actually get, get up off the couch to change the television. And there were only like three or four channels. And now I'm showing how old I am. <laughs> and my father would call uh, me the tuner. Exactly. Before we, before we got tuners, he would call me the tuner. <laughs> or the remote control because you yes. sent your kids over to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about that beautiful topic, and we're going to discuss seven uh, wonderful traits of change readiness. And we have all volunteered ourselves (laughs) as guinea pigs to take the change readiness assessment. And volunteer was I voluntold? I voluntold. I think I was voluntold. On you will do as you're told. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. We figured we figured we would uh, we would put ourselves to the fire and 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 discuss our traits and you know just kind of talk through it and and maybe <laughs> discover ourselves a little bit yeah. and talk about some of those things and maybe enlighten you in the process. But before we get to that, we have to do what we call the mental minute, yeah, where we discuss. <laughs> Well, we discuss. Michelle's sounding awfully like me right now. It's January. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> it, this is ba- basically our abbreviation of the week, and uh, our mental minute kind of uh, goes into, you know, our thoughts and and just processing things. And uh, you know, I I'm not going to voluntold you, but uh, who <laughs> wants to who wants to start uh, our mental minutes for today? Uh-oh. I voluntold Seth. <laughs> well, I had no. Already, he's already. Last already. episode, our last live conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I came in. I was. Emotional. He's gonna pull the card. I was heated, and I was told that because I was emotional, he had, I to, had go to go first. Go first. <laughs> and then, because I've been editing that episode, and then after I went, you guys slacked off. And didn't even really do your mental minutes. And Michelle, I don't even think you did yours until I forced you to at the end of the episode. Well, so that's because I think the conversation just started. So we just rolled with it. I, I roll with the punches. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah, then, she's adaptable. She's then, adaptable. Then let's adapt. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> let's, let's, let's adapt and roll directly into Michelle Collins' mental minute. Oh, my goodness. Uh, breathe, well, as I, <laughs> as I said, it's January. Um, always in January, uh, it's a rough month. 
Uh, I work in the accounting yeah. field. I work for myself. I have a business. Um, and I support businesses and uh, tax preparers in getting those businesses tax returns done, which means that all of my work has to be done way earlier than what you anticipate for tax se- normal tax season deadlines. Right. Plus, January is also the month at the end of the month that all of the fourth quarter from the previous year, all the quarterly stuff is due. So 1099s, W-2s, payroll tax, sales tax, all of that fun stuff has to be done on top of clients calling me nonstop and emailing me nonstop. My my brain is already hurting. Yeah, right? Honestly, I spend, it was so funny. I had a friend the other day send me a message and wanted to know what I was doing. Did I want to do something with them over the weekend? And I said, I I literally can't. I'm at the gym, but I'm going home to work. And they're like, you work all the time. I'm like, yeah, I spend the majority of January cursing under my breath and having little mini meltdowns in my office. And I just function and get through it as quickly as I can. (laughs) But it sucks because every year I feel like I wish away like a whole month of the year, you know, and then suddenly... It's off to the races for the rest of the year. So, so yeah, it's it's a it's a tough, I don't know, mentally challenging month. And are your are your clients quite demanding? Several of them, and and the way I've built my business, of course, is uh, I've always kind of touted it as a concierge boutique kind of service to companies. Mm-hmm. In other mm-hmm. words, um, I adapt how I do things to them. And so that they're comfortable. The problem with doing that is after a while, you're not systematized, basically. And so now everything takes much longer than it normally would. And now you've created these little personalities that feel as though it's okay for them to demand from you constantly. (laughs) So I had one of those phone calls this morning. I know you scheduled me later in the month, but I really, really need some information now. So can you change your schedule to accommodate me this week? Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I did. I did because I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) And it's really not worth my time to get into it sometimes. It's just not. So it's just easier to adjust my calendar, roll with that punch, and say at least I don't have to argue about it. It's still – the work is just the work. So, But then they'll – I mean, yeah, they have yeah. to appreciate that of you, right? So, I mean, that you know, they're a think, paying customer. So, I mean, yeah. it makes you sense. You know what? People do not, I don't think people yeah. appreciate it at all because, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of people running over my boundaries left and right lately. Yep. And they just, all they think about is their need. They don't yeah. think about what it does to you. What do you mean you're not available at two o'clock in the morning when I'm in crisis? Exactly. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, because you know. I think they end up with this idea that you're only there for them, that, that there's not, you know, I think people look at me and say, oh, well, she works for me, she for my company. Well, I also work for 25 other companies. Exactly. So, you know, I, I'm at the beck and call of a lot of people. And so I always kind of laugh when somebody says to me, oh, how fortunate for you that you work for yourself. And I always just laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? I work nonstop. Like there's no downtime. I don't put my work away on the desk and go home from somewhere and say, I don't have to deal with it anymore. That's not reality for me. Right. Second right. of all, I don't have just one boss. I have 25 to 30 bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, so my time is never my own. My opinions are never my own. Everything is you know, viewed through the lens of I'm just there to facilitate their life. And uh, so that's, that's a frustration. But I've and built can, it that they, way. So. <laughs> and they can have an emergency anytime. Yeah, you never know. Well, and often they do. I mean, people get audited all the time. And then of course, right now, because of all the stim- stimulus stuff going on, the PPP program, uh, they're just releasing a second round of that. Everybody's losing their mind. They they need their stuff so that they can reapply for these programs. Right. And so it, it really has put a time crunch, I think, on most people that do what I do. Um, well, and there's plus, a big difference. But, right? No, go okay. ahead. Well, what? Because, you know, 
we often talk about work in the mental health field, right? right. But this is not so much mental health, but look at the amount of stress yes. that it creates. Absolutely. And I mean, I would say that when we talk about crisis in regards to mental health issues, like I want them to be calling someone at 2 a.m., right? Um, well, sure. <laughs> so, uh, but I think it is very different on the business side of things. Like, yeah. I mean, especially if they're being that demanding because you do have so many bosses. I mean, yeah, it it's sounds true. very complicated. Well, you do. I mean, the reality is in what I do, there's no middle of the night emergency. There just isn't. Right. Um, however... Uh, you know, boundaries still get pushed. Like PK was saying, um, I've taken phone calls as early as six in the morning, or at least had my phone ring that early. I've taken them as late as 1130 or 12 at night because I have people that are working and they own their own companies. So they are obviously, same as me, very involved in their business and they're working all the time. So it doesn't occur to them that not everybody is is functioning in the same way. So I really have to be very stringent in my boundaries, which I am notoriously horrible at. Boundaries are not something I do well. I'm trying to be better. Um, but I will say this, some good news this last week. Of course, I've been trying to shift over my clientele after having moved to a new state. I maintained all of my California clientele. Um, awesome. And I'll actually be flying to California next week. I'll be spending a week there. But I've, I've actually signed in the last few days, I've signed two new clients here. So that's really exciting. You know, it, it's good to be in, in, in need, I guess, you know, to be needed somehow. There's, there's always a market for it. And I don't remember if I told you guys this or not, but the, a gentleman that I met here that's now referring me out told me, you don't charge enough. Let's up your rate. I was like, hell yes. Let's up my that's rate. awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 you're not even close. Let's, let's move it way up. And I got clients for you and they're going to pay that rate. I'm like, excellent. So <laughs> hard work Boy, pays that's off. That's validating. Yeah, it is validating. So that's good. So anyway, that's where I am at the moment. Just trying to keep my head above water. I would love to go next, Seth, since you went first last time. That's we right. will let you go last. You get to go last. Oh, Nancy, now, now you're doing that in just such a... You're, kind of, you're rubbing that <laughs> oh, in my face. That was happy, Seth. That was, Not at all. Not that at all. Was like Not a at all. Nice, that was like no, a nice no, smear. No, But go no, ahead, PK. That was a sugar cake. That was a sugar that was cake? Not, no, okay. that was being nice. I was being nice. I was not being snarky okay. at all. Okay. Um, I was just anxious to share my mental minute, honestly. Okay. I, I was not holding back. I'm excited. Um, this week, I started practicum for uh, being a mental health counselor. Yay! Yes. Yeah. I have three classes left. And the pressure of that, and we're going to talk about this uh, toward the end of, of this, uh, you know, today, but uh, Ask PK is uh, something that I've been doing on the side as well, and that's taken off. So I've got all this pressure on me uh, coming from all sides. And, and um, uh, with practicum, there's a lot of unknowns. So I, I felt like I was going to pop mentally, just, you know, more stress than I've ever had. And then with everything that's been going on in the country, I really honestly felt more anxiety than I've felt in a long time. Yeah. And for me, that's dangerous because I, I'm a PTSD survivor and I have seen people in, in the mental health uh, field, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years that have snapped more than once mm -hmm. and it's not pretty. Yeah. So once you do cross that line, it is very, very important to guard your mental health. Very important. Yeah. And so I've made a pledge to my wife that I will never under no circumstances allow myself to cross that line again. And she said that she was scared. Mm. So 
Recently, I mean, because of the stress of recent. Okay. Yeah, just some of the behaviors that I was exhibiting. She finally came to me and threw the, you know, the the soccer flag up and said, "Hey, (laughs) you know, we've got to cut something. You're in trouble." Um, and I, I made her promise that because she has trouble saying something to me because I, you know, I'll get driving and, and going and, and my wife, you know, she's just this timid, beautiful person and she doesn't want to say something to me. And I'm like, <laughs> say something, tell me, you know, because Dial I, me I back or draw me back right, in. <laughs> right. I won't recognize it, you know. So anyway, um, so I try to, you know. Uh, pull back and and I've made we've made some decisions to to uh, make things better and then she forced me to take the massage that she bought for me at That's Christmas right. time you mentioned that, that yeah and so I I made the uh, appointment uh, on Saturday and I went to this little dive you know massage parlor place and I was worried that it was going to be in a bad area and all this other stuff and I almost changed the appointment uh, because my dentist actually recommended a different masseuse. I almost changed the appointment and I ended up going anyway. And I walk in and there's this beautiful little lady whose name is Ava. And she's been doing this for a long, long time. This woman was a master craftswoman. I mean, she <laughs> explained things to me that I've never heard before about body systems and stuff. And she did an hour and a half massage on me. I'm crying, snot running, <laughs> you know, stuff shifting. I mean, I'm having, you know, things pop into my mind and memories that I haven't remembered, like in a long, long time, you know, there's something to this massage stuff. I mean, told they, you it's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I was liberated. Like I just felt things shifting in my body that I haven't felt in a long time. I felt like I wanted to giggle at times. There were other times I, I was crying, you know, and I said, <laughs> to her I said it's working and she said what you know she leans down you know and I got my face in the tube and 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 I said it's working and she said in all my years I've never had anyone say that to me and I said what because well, validating for her yeah so I mean it was just an incredible time and I was so de-stressed we went out to lunch afterwards and my wife looked at me and she said there you are yeah there you are. So I made an appointment for next Saturday <laughs> because I have found my my self care. Your indulgence. I have, I have found <laughs> something for me that's just for me that's going to help me because people are always pushing in and trying to, yeah. you know, uh, run over your walls. You know, I was thinking of the Capitol and <laughs> people yeah. going over the walls, you know, I felt like that personally, I felt, you know, invaded, always an emergency. And it, it even if it's an emergency on your part, it's not an emergency for me. And I can say no. Um, and that boundary issue, Michelle really spoke to me when you were talking about it, because that's a challenge in, in my life as well right now, because I've had a lot of people pull on me. And when my compa- my compassion is triggered, I have a hard time yep. saying no. Same here. Yeah. So I have to learn to shut the door because when I'm in that moment, like at the end of the massage, Ava asked me for help because I talked to her about SPK. She asked me for help and I I struggled to say no. So I put it on my wife. I'll I'll talk to my wife about it and see (laughs) if I can, you know, but, but I used her to help me to establish that boundary. But that's going to be a coping skill for me because I, I struggled to say no. Yeah. So I used my wife. My wife said she'll be my yeah. bouncer. Sometimes you got to have a bad guy on your side. You you kind of do. <laughs> I, yep. I don't know. And I don't know about you, but I... I good cop, I, bad cop. Yeah, good cop, yeah. bad cop. 
one of the things I was contemplating because of the stress and everything and, you know, how we end up feeling in, in high stress moments, you know, you guys know this, I walk around, I'm a sponge for other people's emotions. And, and because of that, one of the things that I, I had this mass realization yesterday that I'm shut down emotionally, personally, I'm just, I'm locked out emotionally, but I don't notice it because I'm so busy feeling everybody else's emotions. I just assume them instead of realizing that's theirs. I don't know what my emotions are right now. I have got them so locked down that I don't deal with them and that's unhealthy, but it's in situations like that. Cause I've had that experience while getting a massage too, that just that complete release of emotion Yes, and how intertwined that is with your physical body, how much your physical body holds all of that. And, you know, that makes sense. Logically, we tighten up, you know, our neck gets tense or whatever. But it's even deeper than that. You know, there's certain stretches you can do, you know, in yoga and stuff that you'll find people suddenly crying in the middle of the room because it unlocks something that's, that's, you know, subconscious. I think we are very connected with our physical self. And and even your exercise, I think when you don't get that, you don't get that release that you need. And and you've noticed that as well. Yeah, no good. (laughs) And and isn't it isn't it true that when you're in that state where you're at your weakest, that's when my wife and I are at Target and there's lines (laughs) and there's things that say social distancing. (laughs) And there's a woman that is bumping into me because she just doesn't want to pay attention to the rules. And it's not really that big of an irritant to me, but it is because I'm in that state. Yeah. And I'm You're on heightened, heightened alert. Yeah. Yes. So I'm in that fight, flight, flight or freeze mode. So yeah. I'm like, would you just mind your space? Would you just get <laughs> out of my space? Oh, my God. Can't you pay attention to the little circles on the floor? What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? You know? Oh, and my so God. I'm, Same thoughts I'm, go through my head constantly. <laughs> maybe she doesn't understand that she's supposed to stand in the circle. Maybe she thinks you're, the goal is to stand outside of the circle. That maybe if no, you, like, step in the circle. Don't don't make excuses but for apples. at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, I'm not thinking about her. I'm thinking about how freaking perturbed I am at yes. the fact that she is in my space. You're in my yeah. personal space, and my bubble is a little bit frisky right now, and it, and it just needs you to stay away from it that's exactly. a line bubble, i want to pull my bubble on. is irritated <laughs> my bubble, bubble is a little is frisky right now <laughs> <laughs> my bubble's a little frisky right now so i need you to stand away it's your bubble yeah. you can do with it what you want <laughs> but 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 it's true that when you've got a lot on you that's when that match yeah, it, it doesn't take it much always, at that point. Oh my God, it's it's when that match comes in and, and it just hits, you know, or or you have the worst day on record or that one person comes in and they just decide to stab you yeah. over and over again. How does this feel? How does it feel? <laughs> I'm going to tell you how terrible you are and I'm going to put it out there socially so that everybody can see that I'm telling you how terrible you are. How do you like that? Yeah. There's because always an I know that you're not really <laughs> terrible. You're a nice person. Wow. Yeah. How nice of you to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you remember in the Marvel movies, uh, do you guys remember watching like the Avengers and stuff like that? Remember the Incredible yeah. Hulk? There's one, there's, I can't remember which movie it is, but the Incredible Hulk, somebody asks him what his secret is how he, you know, he elevates to that level where this comes out. And he said, my secret is that I'm always angry. 
Like yeah. he's, uh, mm. and I think that's so true when, especially when you're dealing with PTSD or heightened levels of anxiety, any of these things, you sit at a very heightened level of simmer. Yeah. And so it just takes that one thing and it's Hulk time. It doesn't even matter if it's a small thing. It makes no difference. It's just the last thing. And yeah. people go, oh, God, I can't believe you reacted that way. It was such a small thing. Well, you didn't see the 50 things that happened prior to that that brought me up to that hey, level. Hey, right. You just are yeah. the lucky recipient of being the last freaking thing. You were the last straw. <laughs> Let's also look at that in how our own interactions with others, right? Because sure. we, that's how we feel. But that's probably how other people yes. are feeling too. And we may have those those same exact thoughts. Like, for why are you screaming at me right now? Yeah. Um, and the truth of the matter is we don't know anything about what yeah. people might be dealing with internally. Well, triggered people trigger people. Hello. But, you know, I, I love, <laughs> I love, love, love the, the fist as an example of the brain and the limbic system yeah. when you put the put put the thumb on the inside and that's the limbic system and we want to get to the cognitive outside here so if you're driven by the limbic system you're in that flashpoint mm -hmm. you and know you stay there yeah yeah it's it, you're walking around like a flashpoint <laughs> survival mode yeah yep. well that's and what it is waiting. it comes down to that and and especially people that live you know with ptsd symptoms or whatever they're always in that fight or flight it, it never ever ebbs or goes away it's there mm -hmm. constantly it's active yeah and and it colors it colors much of what you're seeing or doing i liken it to not being able i i had a you guys know this i have hypoglycemia I think you know that, right? Or yeah. Do you? I don't know. Anyway, I, I, do. I have hypoglycemia. Uh, I had an episode in the gym. Uh, I did not manage my food well one day and I was in the gym and I felt it hit. And I can't even explain to you what it feels like. At it, it, first, it's like a small amount of shaking and then your heart starts beating faster and the headache starts. But if it goes far enough, which this day it did, it, and it was so fast I couldn't react and had nothing with me. The mental fog comes in and you literally can't even think of what you're supposed to say or do to explain to somebody what's happening. But it's almost like everything around you is fuzzy and maybe right here is clear and that's it. And so you're, you're in this place where you're just trying to figure out what's happening and to explain it so somebody can help you. And luckily I had a friend in the gym who saw me and he's like, your blood sugar's down. And I said, and all I could do was say yes, yes. And he, he says, all I have is Tums. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> and so, um, but that's what I feel like that, that PTSD, walking around like that sometimes feels like you're in that fog. Like everything around you here is foggy or smoky and you may get a little bit of vision right in front of you. But other than that, it's, and you can't get it to clear sometimes. You realize that's and like been the state that I have been trying to that I have been in for like the last three weeks and yeah. have tried this to bring is, up. This is your mental minute. It's coming right now, isn't it? There it is. There it I is. Didn't mean to segue Go Seth. Away. Go Seth. Segway away. Segway <laughs> away. Uh, yeah, I've been at this state for a few weeks, and I feel that. So I've shared a lot on here about you know stories about Lizzie, right? And, yeah. And, and and a lot of it's been funny and 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 whatnot. Well. <laughs> Lizzie is still doing great, but now we have issues with Manelli. And um, it, it's been hurting me a lot because I, I didn't really, I haven't been paying that much attention. And then I had a few friends over 
uh, this weekend and they all noticed it. And then I saw it and I haven't been able to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that Manelli is going blind. Aww. Um, she can't uh, really see what's in front of her anymore. She commonly bumps into things. She often doesn't walk straight. Uh, she woke me up in the middle of the night. I'd, I'd let the gr- I'd like lock the girls in my bedroom to try to make them play friendly. And in the middle of the night, Manelli was banging not on the door, but on the wall. Aww, poor Do you know Katie. what I'm saying? Like yeah. she thought that she was hitting on the door and she was not. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also been like displaying some weird behavior. She's been um, sleeping next to the litter boxes. Hmm. That's very not normal. So that's kind of sad. And yeah. so as Lizzie is healing from a spay and Manelli is deteriorating as you know all of this is happening which also describes why she's getting so upset when lizzie wants to play because i bet she's that, in her golden ears yeah. you know Manelli only sees a little bit in front of her yeah, and then all exactly. of a sudden there is this animal that's pouncing on her and she's i'm like, sure What's it's happening? frightening yeah i'm sure that's frightening i mean i'm for sure her. she's absolutely terrified yeah so that's one thing and then the other thing i want to mention is it is a little coincidental that this month is on change because I haven't said much about this because I don't know how much I can say, but the, the, where I work currently is being bought out. Uh, we're a fortune 500 company. We're being bought out by a fortune 50 company. Mm. And, um, the word from uppers is that there's absolutely no promises that we're going to keep our jobs. Like it's all kind of like, we think we will, you probably are going to be okay, but really, we're not um, sure if you really want to keep this job, you need to prove it. Um, Mm. And and these are the things that we need to get done in order to impress this upcoming company. Um, And all Mm. of that's going to happen within the next six months. Mm. Um, We've already been sold, but the paperwork hasn't been signed and there's just a lot in the air yeah. and a lot of insecurity and and really there's nothing anyone can say that makes anything better because we don't know you, yeah. you know what i'm saying we we could be very we could be perfectly fine or we could be gone right yeah um, that's stressful that does produce a lot of anxiety we don't know So that's kind of been happening over this last month. And even they're pulling our person, like our CEO of our department over, like she's being pulled. And so we're being moved under human resources rather than where we are currently. There's just a lot of, uh, of of changes and uncertainty (laughs) and we just don't know. So, so that's my, that's where I'm at. And that's not even counting the political stuff, but I think that we had two episodes in which we, I think, I think, I think we hashed out the political concerns, (laughs) at least for right now. For sure. We'll see what this week holds, but (laughs) it's a big week. So (laughs) we'll see how we, how we feel on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, but that's been, that's my mental minute. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm sorry. So those are both very upsetting things. But I think what I've really been focusing on is something that was mentioned in the last episode, which was on control. Mm -hmm. When there are things 
that are happening that we don't that there's uncertainty around and we don't have confidence in the thing to do is really focus on the things that are in your control because it's so easy to focus on all the stuff that's not like i have no control over whether i'm going to have a job in six months right all i have control of is what i do right now with my job with my tasks with my responsibilities and that's all i can focus on right and if i focus on the other stuff there's just question marks and no matter how much i focus on it i'm not going to have an answer and i won't have an answer until it happens so and that's destabilizing yeah you know it's it's hard and that and that's something that was very difficult for my wife when this whole coronavirus hit because she saw our whole future go out the window yeah Mm -hmm. for her that was extremely destabilizing and it caused her anxiety to go through the roof and it was it was just there was a lot of backpedaling for her because she felt like great all of the plans that we've made they're gone you know i think a lot of people felt that way so that's not unusual phil Mm -hmm. yeah So, I mean, what we had to do was pull back in and and talk about it and say, you know what, no matter what, we have each other, right? No matter what, we do have this. These are the things we do have. And if this happens, these are the plans that we can make. Let's talk about some things that we can do. You know, this is what's within our control. And once we did that, it was like she was able to settle and, right. and let go a little bit and not be so afraid because she was terrified yeah. when that first hit. And so was I because I was scared I was going to lose my wife. Well, yeah, you know? she's in the middle. I mean, in the in the she's healthcare industry. So, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a very big possibility or danger. Yep. She's a nurse. She's a nurse. And they were farming nurses out, you know, first they stopped elected elective procedures. Right. And then they were farming them out into hospitals. And that was the first thing that I said, I don't care what they do. They're not sending you to I don't care. We'll pull into our savings. (laughs) You're not going to a hospital. So I mean, by doing that, though, we were able to stabilize ourselves and, and help quell some of that anxiety producing stuff. Right. To say this is what is in in our control. So uh, kudos to you, Seth. Yeah, absolutely. Because often just being able to vocalize something actually reduces that anxiety or that stress level because now it's not just living in your head. It's it's out in the open. Um, So you're not you're not the only one carrying the weight anymore, so to speak. So there's some there's some cathartic relief in that. Yeah, and I'll even note, I this weekend I did go, I mean, yeah, I know we're in COVID, but I wore a mask. I did go out to a restaurant <laughs> with some coworkers to like process a little bit just because cause we're, we're, we're all scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're all scared. And, and even uh, Liz just commented on this uh, feed. She said, how does one prove they are irreplaceable when everyone is replaceable? Yeah. It's definitely a scary and anx- anxiety inducing place to be. And that's kind of how we're all feeling. I would imagine. Well, we often, we often limit ourselves though, because we get, we get gridlocked into thinking we only have two choices. Right. You know, when, Mm -hmm. if you're a talented professional, you have a myriad of choices. Right. You have so many different choices. Mm -hmm. And if you, uh, it's changed, that's hard. That's, that's really the scary part for us. It's looking at that change straight in the face and saying, okay, what do I have to do to make myself feel better? Let's investigate this. Let's sharpen up the resume. Let's do da-da-da to make ourselves feel better. Right. And, 
you know, who knows, you might end up finding the best job you've ever found in your life through this. I mean, right. let's look at the positive there, there could be a very positive outcome from Absolutely. this. Or the, the, the transition could be so fantastic that you get a raise, you get better benefits, you get better this, better that. So, I mean, there could be a hundred times better outcome than what you might be looking at in your brain and thinking it's just all negative. Right. Well, we're, we're geared to the negative, though. I mean, you know, human nature always looks for the Change the is bad. Yeah. We are geared. <laughs> well, it's, it's the not knowing. Right. Yes. It, it's, the, it's the uncertainty. Absolutely. It. And you are 100% correct, PK, in that it very well could turn out to be a very good thing. First of all, I know this other company pays more than my current job does. I know when people, there people leave go. my job <laughs> to go work there, uh, this company we're moving to, uh, it's their stock that shows up on the news. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> Yeah, so it could be very good. <laughs> it could be very it could be very good. Uh, the hope is is that if they decide to not take my team because this is the thing. I can see them keeping most of the clinicians. Like most of the on the floor because we're moving over like over 5 million clients. They they wow. don't have the staff to handle that. So they're going to need our staff. Right. The the question is are they going to need our training team? Right. They likely have their own, right? So that's the the hope is is that if they do can our department, that I'll be able to find another job within the company. I feel like they should do that for but the license. The thing is, if but... they're going to swallow that big of a pie, they're probably going to take the whole pie. I would think so. I mean, there's something very positive about your your company, or they wouldn't have decided to acquire it. I mean, that's right. from a business perspective. That's this is a very normal scenario in which a company that gets acquired, all the employees, of course, feel very threatened or whatever. But oftentimes those employees are what has made that company successful. And so they are an asset to those purchasing mm -hmm. them. Um, mm -hmm. Now, again, yes, maybe some consolidation issues and things like that. But it, I think everybody automatically makes the assumption that it's a negative for them when in fact, it may not be. And, and a lot of times is not, at least in my experience with business. So... And so then there's really just no way of knowing. So it's just kind of, it's living in that, in that gray. Uncertainty. That uncertainty. But I think it's important, as we talked about at the beginning of this, that we focus on the things that we can change. Yes. And we focus on the things that are in our control, which brings us to our conversation today. Uh, the content we're bringing to oh you. Boy. Oh, get excited. <laughs> We all, as, as you know, uh, we mentioned, um, we all went ahead and, and after being voluntold or volunteering or however you want to view it, uh, depending on who you are, depends on how that went down. But we all we all took a test. PK found this wonderful change yes, readiness assessment. Yes. Tell us, since you found it, PK, I'm going gonna, I'm yep. gonna to leave this in, yep. in your ball yep. court. Tell us about it. Well, this is a 35 question assessment change readiness assessment and you answer one not like me to six exactly like me that's the range that you answer these questions in and we're really looking at and trying to find where you sit in these seven traits of change readiness okay so basically 
I would love to talk about where we sat in that scoring and then kind of discuss those. So first of all, the first trait that it looked at was was resourcefulness. Uh, Resourceful people are effective at taking the most of any situation and utilizing whatever resources are available to develop plans and contingencies. They see more than one way to achieve a goal. They're able to look in less obvious places to find help. They have a real talent for creating new waves, uh, new ways to solve old problems. Uh, when people low in resourcefulness encounter obstacles, they get stuck, they dig in their heels, and they go back to the old way. So very high scores over 26 might overlook obvious solutions and create more work than is necessary. And mm-hmm. it's probably important to mention that the the optimal range, it says, for all the categories is between 22 and 26. <laughs> yes, so, yes. so you, now you have the information to know if our score is, <laughs> is optimal. Can okay. I fess up just really quickly and say yes. that I, I took this test once and the numbers were so low. He didn't like it. it and, he, I did, and he took it again. I didn't like it. So I took it again uh, this morning and I have higher numbers now. So I'm more optimal today. But but this is something that needs to be said, I think, about assessment tests in general, any kind of assessment test. There's a very real possibility for achieving a different score based on the kind of day you're having. Oh, or what season in life you're in. So these this should be taken with a grain of salt. It's it's just an indication. It's not necessarily set in stone that this is who you are at any given moment. Even the even the personality quizzes, that's true. Right. Well they're self report. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a self reported scale. Yeah. There's right. absolutely no actual Right. But if you took this test and you took it every day for, let's say, a three-week period of time, you're going to find a law of averages where, sure. you, where, you, where you would fit in. Right. So, so you could really find an average scoring for yourself. So I, I would say that. Well, yeah. I do. I think there's a lot of value to them. I'm not, dis- I'm not dismissing the value of them. I'm just saying yeah, I, I really know. feel I like know. there's a propensity for different, as Seth just alluded to, there's a propensity for yeah. a different outcome. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. But the way to find that average yeah. would be to take it uh, multiple times. Right. So how did you do with resourcefulness, Seth? Well, the first time I took it, I had a 19. Mm-hmm. The That's second time I took it, I had a 20. Okay. So, All right. So I, I'm you, below Michelle? the optimal range. Well, I don't know. I only took it once, so I'm stuck with my score. But I have a 19 there as well. So I'm below optimal, but I'm close. (laughs) Okay. Well, I am on the side of overlook obvious solutions and create Uh more work work than is necessary. So I'm on the high end. I'm actually a 30 in this Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I am over resourceful. 30? And it it really does speak to my character because (laughs) I do tend to. How did you get a 30? I overlook obvious solutions and create more work than is necessary. I do. That's that's that definitely. That means she me. had a six on every single question that pertained to this, Seth. This basic yep, math. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. So, yeah. Good for you, so, PK. I'm proud but listen, you. no, I wasn't in the optimal. See, I wasn't in the twenty-two to twenty-six. I was overboard. I was out of balance that way. I was over resourceful. So that speaks to my OCD nature, right there. So, 
just just saying. I'm not going to toot my own horn on that because it was a little over <laughs> overboard. So what about uh, ad- adaptability? That would be flexibility and resilience. Flexible people have goals and dreams like everyone else, but they're not overly invested in them. When something doesn't work out, they'll say plan A doesn't work. Let's go to plan B. Resilience is the capacity to rebound from adversity quickly with a minimum of trauma. Failure or mistakes, do not throw them. They don't dwell on them and get depressed, but bounce back quickly and move on. (laughs) High scores on this trait are not wedded to specific outcomes. If the situation changes, (laughs) their expectations shift right along with it. Scoring too high in this trait indicates a lack of commitment to stick to itness. So adaptability, how did we do on that? I didn't do so good. I got a 16. So did I, PK. That's what I got too. Well, but see, it, it, it but then gets it tricky. says 30, 35 minus total is 19. So I think my score was 19. Oh, uh, no, my score, know. my score ended up at 16. After okay. after doing the math that they required, mine ended yeah, up at 16. I, I was a 22. And then I did the math they told me and I'm a 13. <laughs> so none of us are very range, adaptable. <laughs> if the optimal range is 22. I think I need some help. <laughs> I always thought that I was really good. Listen, I I I bounce back from adversity very quickly. I don't I I, I failure Do doesn't throw me. I I don't Do dwell really? on things. I oh, I don't please. really I don't really get feeling depressed. like we need to have a little bit of self awareness here, Seth. <laughs> to thine own self be true. I think that this test is faulty. <laughs> I will say I in reading that the same thing like I always have a plan B I, I always do and if plan A doesn't work I do go to plan B I think where I lose it here is the idea that it, it that I do so with a minimum of trauma yeah <laughs> there's usually a yes. very large amount of trauma involved and it's usually something that I do dwell on I'm a very analytical person so I do dwell on things and go over yes. them and over them and over them often. Ruminate. So, yeah, I do that a lot. So, And I'll own up. I was not being truthful. No I, shit. I, <laughs> I struggle with 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 flexibility and resiliency um, yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not very good at that and i i do like to dwell on things and i when i say like i don't mean like i just i do dwell on things and probably <laughs> should utilize some some better coping strategies and, and mindfulness to really fight that but yeah but see this is the good thing about this is it does show you where you need to shore up things yeah so optimism Optimism. Here we go. Uh, Optimism is the glass half empty or half full. Optimism is highly correlated with change readiness uh, since the pessimist observes only problems and uh, obstacles while the optimist recognizes opportunities and possibilities. Optimists tend to be more enthusiastic and positive about change. Their positive outlook is founded on an abiding faith in the future and the belief that things usually work out for the best. Very high optimism scorers over 26 may lack critical thinking skills, (laughs) which I thought was funny. So my score on optimism was a 23, which was pretty close. 23 after the math. You're optimal. 23 after the math or 23 before the math? 23 after the math. I actually got a good one on this. I got a gold star. 
I got, a 20, I got a 24 on this one. So I felt pretty happy with myself on this one. <laughs> After look, the at, math? look at Seth. Seth yes. has a concerned you, look on his how, face for those of you listening to this. The math? <laughs> I had an 11 before the math. I had well, I had eleven. I had an eleven after the math, <laughs> so that's probably the opposite of what you are, and that's probably not very good. So the optimal range is twenty-two, and I'm at eleven. <laughs> oh so, boy! So you're you're not very optimistic. I I I must not be. I, so here, <laughs> I must I must here have is... some negative tapes or or something. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, now here is where you can see where the optimism and the adaptability are working against you with this job shift right here. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, very much because so. you're you're struggling against that. I can't adapt, so, and I and I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose my job. So it's I all kind of shitty downhill. about it. <laughs> I don't really know how to feel optim. I don't really know how to feel optimistic in that situation, but I probably could read a book about it or something. So, okay, so confidence, if optimism is the view of a situation will work out, confidence is the belief in your own ability to handle it, Seth. There is situational confidence. I know I can swim across this channel, learn this program, write this report, and self-confidence. I can handle whatever comes down the pike. Self-confidence is the kind of confidence the change readiness scale measures. High scorers are generally individuals with a strong sense of self-esteem, but more specifically, they believe they can make any situation work for them. Scores above 26 may indicate a cocky, know-it-all attitude and lack of receptivity to feedback. So, confidence. I'm at about a 19, so I'm not quite in the optimal range. Yeah, I'm at 18. Do? I'm at 18. Yeah. But see, that actually makes sense to me because of the, based on the description, that the whole self-esteem thing, I already know that's an issue. So I think I, honestly, I'm happy I have an 18. <laughs> I think I missed the purpose of this game. See, I, it's oh, not a game. It a game? I, played, I played golf in high school, and I always strive to keep you the lower. lowest score. <laughs> So Seth retook the test trying to get the lowest score he could, right? No, <laughs> these are all higher than the original. All right, what did you get? Uh, confidence, my original was 14. When I took it again, I got 15. Okay. Well, well but see, again. not bad. Yeah, and we so had this not discussion on self I can't adapt, and I have no confidence. This is beautiful. <laughs> this explains all of the problems in my life. What well, were you the, saying, Look Michelle? at all the knowledge you have now on what you can work on. Oh, yes, yeah, so much. I was, I was going to say we've we've done topics on self esteem and stuff like that. So you, we already know we've both already admitted that that is an issue. Right. So, I just thought I'd be better at it by now. Well, take it again in a month. Let's see. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a little fearful I, I, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, though, because it does point to, you know, areas that we can work on. Yeah. Uh, because for me, I saw I saw strengths in three areas and the other areas I saw places where I could work on, you know. So uh, for me, it helped me. Um, adventurousness. Uh, two ingredients capture this adventurous spirit, the inclination to take risks and the desire to pursue uh, the unknown to walk the path less taken. Adventurous people love a challenge. Since change always involves both risk and unknown and the unknown, they usually perform well during organizational shakeups. I can't believe they're mentioning <laughs> that. 
They are the pro actors, the employees who initiate and create change, but very high scores may indicate a tendency toward recklessness. <laughs> so adventurousness. I got a 16 on adventurousness. This was my low. Well, it's not my lowest uh, score. It's coming. <laughs> but this was a low one for me. This, this one was really bad for me. And, uh, but I'm going to say I really disagree with it. So yeah. I got I got a nine. A nine. And Whoa. I'm getting Okay, I, then I didn't I win this game because you got the <laughs> lowest I've listen, I got nothing under a ten. So Okay, but you, okay, what did but, you get, Seth? What did you get on adventurousness? Twenty six. Oh. I am at the top. All right, of see the that makes a lot of sense range. to me. No, that makes a lot of sense to me with you, Seth. It really does. Wow. I'm at the top of the optimal range and you all look two of you, you're at the bottom of the barrel. Well, like I said, I disagree with the assessment for myself on this because I feel like the, it says the inclination to take risk and the desire to pursue the unknown. I just freaking moved across the country without having a place to live, not knowing what was going to happen, having never been here before. To me, that's yeah. pretty adventurous. That's actually a little reckless, if you want my opinion. <laughs> so I feel like that score is kind of low. But I will say this, Seth. I know stuff about you, and th- that score explains a lot. Yes. Does it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but <laughs> I think your adventurousness is more reflected in your personal life than your business Absolutely. life. I oh. 100% agree with that. 100%. It's more personal than professional. Yes. <laughs> yep. Because yep. we need stability. Yes. He's trying to balance yes. it out we somewhere need in the middle. Money. We need money. Yeah. <laughs> have, have many things in balancing. So right. I'm just happy. I, so I, I at least got something high. I mean, you know, a yes. high yes, score on at least one of these. <laughs> okay. This is so not the price is let's right, move on. <laughs> He's like, I win. I win. I win. One, one. Tolerance for ambiguity. The one certain surra- uh, certainty surrounding change is that it spawns uncertainty. No matter how carefully you plan it, there's always an element of indefiniteness or ambiguity. This kind of sounds like you today, Seth. Without a healthy tolerance for ambiguity, change is not only uncomfortable, it's downright scary. But too much tolerance can also get you into trouble. You may have difficulty finishing tasks and making decisions. If you scored over 26, you fall into this category. You're, you're not going to believe my score on this one. What's that? I got a whole eight. <laughs> so there was your toler- low point. On my tolerance for ambiguity, I have like no uh, tolerance for ambiguity. <laughs> I, I got an 11. You got 11. Yeah, okay. and, and honestly, I, I do somewhat agree with that. What, where was the one statement that it made, though? It says that if you have too much tolerance, you can get into trouble. You may have difficulty finishing tasks and making decisions. I have a very tough time finishing tasks. I'm, I'm that starting new task constantly kind of person <laughs> before the old one's finished. <laughs> and then I just try and work it all in there together and deal with the stress. Um, but yeah, I, I think this one was pretty close with me. Yeah. 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 What about you, Seth? Well, no, I got. I he's really to, quiet. I have to redo my math. <laughs> so it's Seth twenty-seven, really but quiet. minus thirty-five, minus twenty-seven. Remember, I'm. You're I'm, an eight. I'm you're an eight. eight. You're you're with me. You're right there with yeah. an eight. I wanted to say I was yeah. at a twenty-seven, and then I realized I needed to do the math. <laughs> I wonder so, why some of them do that, not all of them, though. It's on the yeah. low end, not the high end. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well. You know what? 
I'm, I'm in the same boat rowing with you, brother. I'm, I'm not so good at ambiguity. I, I want to know what's happening. Uh, that uncertainty makes me feel unsafe. Yeah. And, and that is an anxiety producing thing for me. I don't Absolutely. like to feel uh, uncertain. I want to know. I do not like it when somebody says, I want to talk to you tomorrow. Oh, I hate that too. Just do it now. Oh. Let's just get it over with. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I can't stand or, oh my God. How dare you say that? Or somebody said to me the other day, they sent me a Facebook message, PK, I'm so sad. And then left it there. Uh, and I went, I okay. went at 1230 at night. Oh, you know, Jesus. I, I, I get up, I get up to check my phone just to look at the time and the thing vibrates. So I'm like, oh my gosh, is somebody in trouble? And I hit it and I see it and I go, oh crap. It wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, my, my husband actually asked me one time, please no looking at your emails after nine o'clock at night, because invariably I would look at one, I would look at my emails right before I go to bed and there'd be client stuff in there that would just ratchet up my anxiety levels. And now I have to try and go to bed. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I hate that stuff. Yeah, it's like, don't drop. I mean, why would you drop something right. on somebody at that hour of the night anyway, right. if it wasn't important? You know, why would you do that? Who does that? I don't know. People <laughs> that are only thinking about their thing. Yeah, true. Their, true. their thing. Again, boundaries. Boundaries. Well, I mean, I try to give the benefit of the doubt. So I always think, well, maybe they didn't think I would look at my emails that late. So I'll see it first thing in the morning. You well, know, they didn't mean to interrupt my evening. It was me that did that. But... <laughs> They, they actually told me that later. They yeah. they were like, PK, I thought you were going to look at it first thing in the morning. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I went good. And then I put it down. You know, I was like, fine. Please tell me you're going to you know? be okay until then. Right, right. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with it. Okay, last one. Passion is the fuel that maximizes all the other traits. If you have passion, nothing appears impossible. If you don't, Change is exhausting. Passion is the individual's level of personal dynamism. Dynamism. Did I say that right? I guess so. It, I don't know. I think it's supposed it to be dynamite. <laughs> That's a different thing. J.J. <laughs> Walker. It shows up in a person's level of intensity and determination to make a new procedure work, to overcome the myriad of problems that any plan for change unwittingly produces. You've got to have passion and enthusiasm. Very high scores, over 26, however, may mean you're bullheaded, obsessed, and heading for burnout. Oh, God, help me. Oh, my God. I'm in trouble. What'd you get? <laughs> I got a 28. <laughs> yeah, okay. We might want to slow that down. Yeah, I so which, am, which one is it? Are uh, you bullheaded, obsessed, bullheaded, or are you heading for burnout? And, and heading for burnout. Uh, yeah, it could be any of the three. I don't know. I don't Can't know. we do all of them? I mean, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. At the same I, time. I <laughs> have a tendency to be overtasked, and yeah. it took everything to unplug and just have this past weekend doing nothing. It took everything. I would me. lose my not, not to look at school, not to look at anything. I needed it desperately to de-stress, and it was very, very healthy for me, but I need my wife to hit me over the head with a frying pan to get me to do it because the Langley clan... The Irishness in us, I don't know what it is. We are we are workaholics. Uh, you know, my father was the same way. He would he would get up sun sun up to sundown. He was a farmer and he would work seven days a week. You it know, must be the Irishness in me too, then, because I got a lot of Irish in me. And yeah, it's the same thing. 
I, yeah. I, I don't know how I would sit still. I can't sit still. I can't just watch TV. I have I really to be do doing something while I'm watching TV. I do too. I yeah. think it's a genetic trait. Yeah. I do. Because, uh, you know, I love to work. I love to be busy and me I too. love to be doing stuff. And it's hard for me to just sit back and do nothing. So yeah. what what was your, what was you guys' scores on the passion and drive? I got a 24. Yeah. And it, it's so funny. You're, I, I'm you're, in that optimal range. Yeah. But it... It, the, the words intensity and determination, I really feel like those are very applicable. I have a tendency to get very intense about anything I do. And there is a sense of determination. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see that with you. Yeah. What, what about, about you? Seth? Seth? Come on. First time I took it, it was a 25. Second time I took it, it was a 22. So I'm in the range. You're, you're good no matter what then on that one. Yeah. I, I would say you're optimal. You've got some good passion and drive. One thing I can say about you, Seth, is that you get it done. You really do. Yeah. You know, you're you're yeah. consistent and you get it done. So I would, I would definitely agree with the passion and drive thing. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the seven traits of change readiness overall? I, I think it's a good indication. And I think it really does offer, you know, a view or a, a snapshot into your life as to what possibly maybe some blind spots for us and and then a little ego boost on some things that are you know that we're doing pretty well with so i think it's a good indicator i really like the comparison because you can kind of in in taking this it you can kind of see your life laid out in front of you when you look at these main headers and like okay that's not surprising okay that that describes this situation in my life so i think it definitely shines a light on things that are going on with us personally. I think it can be very beneficial and and a useful tool. Right. Yeah, I can, for me, there are two areas where I can see that that driving part of me that needs self-care desperately. And, you know, what I'm working on now in my life to do is is to bring that self-care balance in and, and to bring that resourcefulness and that passion and drive scores down. Yeah, yeah, Seth. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about your passion and drive and and this new project that you're working on and kind of where this is going to lead you. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when I joined the mental team, I mm-hmm. thought that I was going to be riding with you for a while and um, I had a side project. I came to you and said, Seth, I want to do a podcast and I want to call it Ask PK and uh, you were a big help to me and I appreciate that. And then uh, we talked about uh, me joining mental and, you know, you guys are amazing. You've been tremendous friends to me and, and uh, will continue to be and when uh, when all of this hit, this was one of the things that I I had to take an honest look at and, and let go of as far as uh, time goes. So I'm going to be stepping back from mental for a while. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to come and visit and, and uh, sit with you guys as a guest once in a while and catch up uh, mm-hmm. because I really would like that open door because uh, I love you both very much and uh, support you and, and hope that this... Uh, Uh, continues to blossom because I think it's very, very needed. I think it's a a demographic that we need to to shore up with people. But uh, I'm going to be uh, putting my focus on getting my licensure and and, uh, building SPK because it's taking a lot of my time and Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm taking care of myself as well and staying balanced. So... Well, so yeah. share share with people what is the premise of AskPK and, and how you're functioning in that. As PK, I have a, a gift that I 
really wasn't uh, oh well I was aware of in the church I I flowed a lot in the prophetic and uh, I always had an intuitiveness with people and for the for some strange reason in the last like six months eight months it shifted and I've been able to do things that I never thought possible and uh, it's almost like channeling and I doodle while I talk to people and I've been able to tap into and help them kind of identify issues in their lives that need healing and get them on the right track. That's kind of my two primary premises behind SPK. And so I started the podcast to bring people on free of charge. And I just sit and spend like 45 minutes with them and help them to uh, just focus and identify issues in their lives and maybe spend some time healing and and, um, working on them. That's that's really that's what awesome. we, we do. Yeah, it is awesome. I think it's great. You should probably also mention where people can find that, of uh, your Facebook group, all of those things that are pertinent to it, so people know how to to find out where you are. Help me with that, Seth. And maybe please. even maybe even like schedule a free reading or something. So <laughs> I mean if that's a thing, you can go yes. to her website, which is ask A is an Apple, S is in Sam, K is in Kite horizontal dash p as in paul k as in kite.com ask dash pk.com you can go there and schedule free reading with pk and that reading will then be taken and shared on the podcast Uh, you can find her show on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher red circle and then also i believe you have a facebook group right like a page and a group tell us a little bit about that that's it's just on Facebook. I don't know what the address is <laughs> off I, the top of my head. Just yeah. search Ask PK. <laughs> search Ask PK in yeah. Facebook, and you can find both of them. Uh, yeah. She's Sorry. the only Ask I'm not that... PK are out there, so <laughs> she's not too difficult to locate. Uh, so please feel free to go check out her show as as things move forward. And uh, we have very much appreciated having you join the mental team. And I really do think that you've contributed quite a lot. To, to what we do and what we want to do with this show. And it's for that I want to say thank you. Yeah, me too. And, and, thank you. And legitimately, listeners, please go check out her stuff. But while you're doing that, also, please feel free to check out our stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, find uh, Mental on Facebook as well. Um, we actually have a brand spanking new website uh, with some pretty cool information. Seth went and got That's, busy. Uh, mental Horizontal Dash podcast.com and find resources there and we've even planned out the next series that we're gonna do and so as we kind of wrap up michelle what are we talking about next month we're gonna talk about trauma yeah yeah i feel like there's uh, a lot of people that can you know identify there in the current political climate, in the current religious climate, uh, you know, just life in general, trauma seems to be uh, an ongoing concern for many, many people. So we're going to spend some time discussing that, kind of identifying it, the foibles of it, where it goes, what we can do about it, things like that. So it should be an interesting series. I'm looking forward to it for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Michelle great, and great I, topic. Uh, yeah. Michelle and I are both going to be, so just mentioning this now, um, if you wanted to read this book uh, along with, you know, with us as we do the series, uh, we will be reading uh, Body Keeps the Score um, by Vander Kolk, uh, MD. I may got the, maybe got the first name 
incorrect. Um, but Body Keeps the Score, Michelle and I will both be reading that, pulling a lot of the discussion points from that book. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read that along with us, please feel free to do so. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a good and, one. Because we were just discussing that earlier. I mean, in, in PK's Mental Minute, we were talking about the, the mind-body connection, you know, yeah. and how mental health affects us on a physical level. And so it, it should be a very interesting little sojourn there into the discussion of it so mm-hmm. yeah and but. then the last thing here before we wrap up the show we have a hotline and what that means is that we have a google phone that you can call and leave a voicemail on or you can text it with suggestions things you want us to talk about things you'd like maybe that's going on in your own personal life that you'd like us to to maybe talk about on the podcast or any any thoughts um please feel free to share those with us that phone number is 314-690-5005 again that phone number is 314-690-5005 and since this is pk's last episode i'm giving you the final word thank you all for listening and watching mental we look forward to being with you again next time All the best.